We are now broadcasting to the world. So firstly, I'd like to welcome uh, Jitixa to the call today um, to our business insight. So welcome to the call, Jitixa. Thank you so much. Thanks, David. Right, it's a pleasure to have you here. Look, the topic for today is super interesting, strategic management accounting for small business. Um, not a super exciting topic for most people, but um, here's the reality. <laughs> um, the numbers in business don't lie. And I think when it comes to running a business, uh, most people are really good at what they do. And that's the reason yeah. they actually survive in business because statistically 80% of businesses don't make it past five years. And the, re the ones that do are generally because they're good at what they do. Um, the reason I asked you to come on the call today was very, very specific because we're going through uh, economic correction right now in, in the world. And it's putting a lot of strain on people who run businesses uh, in terms of cash flow. So being a management accountant who has gone from corporate to helping small businesses, I figured you're probably the best person to give us some guidance and advice. So maybe if we start with a bit of who you are and I suppose what brings you into the world of strategic management accounting. Sure, thank you. So um, after university, I um, worked in many global companies uh, such as Disney and Bombardier and they were both in the UK, but here in Australia, I worked for News Corp. So, you know, I've gained a lot of experience working with these global companies and seeing how they work, seeing how they have the senior execs and the board members and the types of questions that are raised and the types of strategies that they put into place to, you know, run a profitable business. Um, and a couple of years ago, I realized that even ones that generate a fair bit of revenue don't really have that support um, someone of that financial nature that's in their business um, month on month, really giving them some guidance and some su support on what to do uh, to look more towards the future rather than that historical accounting procedure that we're, we're also used to doing, That you know, like at tax time, looking back on the last 12 months. Um, having yeah. someone with a management accountant experience, it's just, it's more forward-facing, um, trying to future-proof your business rather than, just reporting on what's already happened. Um, yes. So that's what I kind of bring bring to small business. Okay, and um, obviously you've been doing this for a little while. And uh, as as we move into this sort of challenging economy, um, what's what, what what's the direction that you're taking clients to? Like, what do they need to be focused on right now? Um, so there's there's some key things that you can do. I, mean, I, could, I could talk for hours on the types of things that we could do, but there's some, some key things. Um, budgeting is a big one. Um, a lot of small businesses don't really budget that well. Um, mm. It's trying to actually implement, okay, what's my break even? Um, what kind of revenue do I need to achieve to still be a profitable business? Understanding what their costs are. So, you know, when you're doing a budgeting process, really understand what the the key costs in your business. So the things that regardless of whether you're making any money or not, what do I have to pay for? I have to pay for my staff, have to pay for my my occupancy, my operation, yep. um, you know, rent and all of that stuff. And then there's all the the very like the variable ones, the, the nice to haves, the subscriptions and the mm. um um I guess things that don't really impact um, like you, you could take them away and it wouldn't really impact the, the business. So understanding those costs is essential. And I don't mean just, again, at tax time, figuring out how much the expenses are, but 
what uh, working out what you need to pay for uh, that will help you then know exactly how much cash is leaving your business and yep. how much cash is, is going to leave your business like knowing what's going to happen in the next couple of months like making sure mm. you've got enough cash in your in your bank um, will allow you to plan a bit better so understanding your cost but then then understanding where your revenue is coming from so if you're if most of your revenue is coming from one particular area but your team is not really focused on that you're going to miss a lot of opportunities so there's things that you can do to um you know try and maximize that as well there's so much gold in your data so using your data using your costs um you can then plan like what you need to focus on to really maximize your revenue you understand your costs and then you can work out what your profitability is if there's Mm -hmm. things that you've planned and they don't quite look right having that future planning allows you it gives you a bit of breathing space i guess to kind of really make some changes steer the business in a different direction focus in different areas whereas when you kind of look at that in a on a more historical basis you've kind of missed the boat a little bit kind of missed Mm -hmm. that opportunity to make some changes Mm -hmm. um yeah so budgeting is Budgeting is a, is a is a big one. And, you touched and on it. Just want to jump jump in there for a second. When you when you talk sure. about budgeting, you, you mentioned a couple of things in there, which was cash in and cash out, um, yeah. which sort of leans into this idea of having a cash flow projection as well. Now, yeah, can you give me absolutely. the distinction? So, if we look at budgeting and cash flow projections, what is the difference? So the budget, I guess, is similar to what a profit and loss statement. Up kind of what your budget will be based on. It'll be your revenue, your cost of sales, and then your expenses. Mm. Now, um, the difference between a budget and a cash flow is essentially the timing. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a budget will kind of say when the revenue is coming in and the cash is, uh, and the expenses, but that might not necessarily be exactly when the timing of your cash is coming in and out of the business. So let me give an example. Okay. Um, so say if, um, someone had bought a service from you or a product from you and and it stems over several months. They so say if it's six months. Now, you might recognize that as a revenue in your profit and loss today, but the cash hasn't actually come into your business. The cash is sitting as a receivable in your balance sheet. Mm-hmm. So it might look like you've made that revenue, but you've not actually got that cash physically in, in your hands. Whereas a cash flow statement will recognize that inflow when that, the money actually comes in. So you can then do a forecast to say, okay, so this sale mm. made in June, that cash isn't going to come in until September. So I need to make sure I, I'm aware of that. So that that timing thing is a big difference. And the same with um, expenses as well. Like it will be the mm-hmm. same thing with timing. Yep. Another bit that would affect the cash flow forecast is something like tax. Like you can keep money aside for tax, but it's not actually left your business until you pay your tax. So mm-hmm. again, when you're doing your cash flow forecast, you can say um, that you've got money aside for it, but it's not actually left your business or or vice versa, right. like when um, when money's coming in. So uh, for me, cash, the, diff, the biggest difference is timing. Okay, so so now we, we're moving towards the end of financial year, and and you know for us when we work with businesses, I suggest this is an optimal time to do the budget for next year. 
Um, it generally does take about a month to do because some people, there's so many different methodologies for creating next year's budget. And, you know, yeah. the expense part is pretty clear. You look at the last 12 months expenses and then you challenge each one. We just touched on this before um, and just say, do I really need that expense? Is that part of growth or is yeah. that sort of optional? So we can start to reduce costs. And for most people, yeah. that's what they associate budgeting with. So I think in business, there's another part to the budget, which is prediction of sales or revenue. Yes. How, how do people predict the future? <laughs> <laughs> oh, how long is a piece of string? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> obviously, you can go by trends. Um, you can mm -hmm. look historically, look at the trends. Um, yes. You know, a lot of businesses have seasonal sales, so you can predict sales based on uh, mm -hmm. seasonality. Um, Again, you can, if you've already got promotions in place, again, you can kind of predict your sales based on your promo your promotional activity. Yeah. Um, and then and the rest, I guess, as, as you grow your business, I think a little bit of it is just intu intuition. Like you just, yeah. this is the pattern of, of your sales. Mm. Um, the other thing you can do to predict your uh, sales or, or guess forecast your sales is by looking at your, your costs and almost doing a, a break even saying, okay, so if I'm gonna, my costs are gonna be a million dollars by the first six months, how am I gonna make sure that this is my sales to make sure I've still got a profitable business? So mm -hmm. doing that, I wouldn't do a budget in isolation where I'm only gonna look at my costs and then I'm only gonna look at my sales. It needs to be a flowing document where yeah. um, use this, you know, use the resources that you have to predict mm. and plan for your sales and yeah. then your expenses. But then look at the profitability. Um, is what you're doing worth it? Like if if mm -hmm. if you're only making one percent profit, then would you rather just invest your money in something than do all this hard work to have this business? So like yeah. you can you can change that. So then if say your profitability isn't where you want it to be, go back and then go over your numbers. So yeah. for example, if you are a manufacturing business um, and your profitability isn't quite where it is, go back and say, well, what is, what's changed? Like maybe the components that you're using, your, your, your raw materials, your like, you know, mm. delivery fees have gone up so much, fuel's gone up so much, like all of those costs have changed. Have yeah. you reflected that in your pricing strategy to make mm. sure that your revenue is still going to make you achieve that profitability level that you're expecting. Yeah. So do, doing the budget will allow you enough time to say, okay, so this has all changed. I now need to change my pricing to reflect what's going on in real life. Interesting. Cause I think like this touches in on really the core of today's conversation, which is the economy is changing quite dramatically. We've got inflation at an all time high. We've got, uh, as a result of that, yeah. employees want more wages. And one of the biggest fears most people in business have is if I increase my price, yeah. how many clients will I lose? And, uh, you know, a good friend of mine used to tell me, you know, in business, uh, revenue is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash flow is king. And sometimes yeah. if we don't look at the profitability, because what you've just described as budgeting is really looking at the whole picture not just revenue, yeah. not just expenses, but profitability. And then the second thing you touched on there, which is important to me is how do I predict the future? And there's two or three different methods that we can use. You know, one is that we photocopy the last three years and we extend the trend. 
um, which is very conservative because that's assuming nothing changes. Um, the second one is that we look at our break-even point and we look at our desired profit and we say, how much do we actually want to make next year? And based on historical expenses, what does the revenue have to be? So now we set a target based on what we want, which is probably ideal uh, for me. Um, and then there's a third way, which is super interesting, which we haven't touched on, which is where we look at all our resources and say, what would happen if we use them to their maximum capacity? And, you know, a simple example that I, I, I remember, I worked with a hairdressing salon one time and first question I often ask people when we start working with them is, what's your capacity? And her response to me is, we're at 90%. And I said, can you explain that? And she said, well, we have four hairdressers in the salon and they're pretty much booked out all the time. And the only reason we're at 90% is because of cancellations or no shows. And I said, that's super interesting. Uh, how many seats do you have in the salon? And she said, we have eight. I said, what's wrong with the other four? And she goes, nothing, I just can't find hairdressers. And I said, so reality is in terms of that asset, the salon, we're at 50% capacity or 45%, not 90%. And um, so when we looked at the budget, we said, well, if you actually went and found the hairdressers, you could double the business. Interesting, without increasing the cost of rent. And I think a lot of businesses are like this, right? Where what they say is we're doing the best we can with what we got or we're flat out. And what they're not really looking at is what's the expected utilization of the assets that we're paying for. And what you've just touched on there is going through a budgeting exercise is questioning all of my expenses. Am I getting a return on that expense? Is it being used to its maximum capacity? And if it is, or if it could be, how would that show up in the P&L? Yeah, 100%. And, and utilization, like there's that can sound really intimidating and an intimidating exercise to do, but mm. it really is like, you can really make it quite simple to do. Like your business holds so much data. Okay. There is, there's data for everything. If you're not collecting data, start collecting data. But, um, say for example, um, if there was a certain process, like if you collected the data on how long that process took, so for example, I used to work for News Corp. So um, we did the the time it took from, you know, the, the paper to start going for it to leave the door, like the throughput, we used to, we used to capture that sort of data. Yeah. And, you know, if, if we took on average, it took, I'm going to be really simple here, say it took one hour from, you know, start print to it leaving the door. That's mm -hmm. our KPI almost, right? So, and the data was there for us to capture that. And then as we're doing more, products if if one um production run ended up taking two hours it's just a it's a it's a way of being able to raise some questions and saying well what mm. happened what can we do mm. to get better and how how are we going to make sure that we've maximized this utilization on every single time like we're not going to yep. be perfect all the time but mm. like what you said about utilization just having a look at different areas in the business say well what can I do to make this better? What can I do to maximize the use of this space? Like say if you've got an extra room, could you be renting that out for like, I don't know, for workshops or something where you know you can get a second revenue stream coming in just because you've got this empty space and you can utilize it in a slightly different way to what your normal you know business is. So mm -hmm. yeah, just when you're budgeting and you've got some gaps, it's a really nice way of 
like thinking outside the box, I guess, and making sure you are, like yeah. you said, maximizing what you have. Yeah, and I, and I think like important point, I suppose the thread of this whole conversation is stopping what you're doing and assessing what's happened in the last year and then analyzing it and working out where there's low hanging fruit. Because I think for a lot of people, and you just described something we've been through, which is we have a fairly large office and uh, we used to be all face to face before COVID and we had we have six meeting rooms and we have, um, you know, workstations and it was empty. And so we started renting the space out and now we've got people in the office that don't work for us paying rent and we don't have to do anything. Yeah. Right. And the main thing it's done is it's just reduced the cost of our rent. It's an offset. Um, And for us, that's not our core business. And three years ago, it wouldn't be, it's not even in the business plan, right? It was literally just looking at our P&L and our accountant having conversations saying, you need to move to a smaller office. And I said, I like our office. Why would I want to move? And they said, well, it's unutilized. It's It's an asset that's not getting a return. So often people don't look at these things. They go, well, I don't want to bother with that. I'm too busy looking at the bigger picture. Now, yeah. makes sense in some in some situations, but often we're just talking about low hanging fruit. We're talking about easy wins for a business. Um, reviewing subscriptions yeah. you touched on before, literally just saying just check them and make sure they're still useful because some of them are just legacy. Um, on the on the higher side, we have employment costs, and you know currently employment costs aren't going down; they're going up. <laughs> and I yeah. think sometimes it's not about do I cut my staff; it's the question of are they producing what I need, how am I monitoring their performance? So we can measure things like revenue versus wages. And so, That's right. yeah. so there's a lot to be said for sitting down and analyzing the data. Um, a lot of people yeah. don't do this because they get stuck in a couple of places, either I'm too busy I don't, or I don't understand it. What's, what's your uh, prescription? What do you suggest people do in this next financial year based on the current economy to make sure that these issues are mitigated? or reduced oh gosh um yeah pretty much what you just said like look really look at your numbers like they're they're there for a reason it's not Mm. just okay so you know the month ends close it's done the accountant will deal with it or the bookkeeper will deal with it it's still Mm. your business like still should be interested uh to see what's going on and see if there's any differences Uh, and by being proactive again like i've said before like you you've given you're buying time to make change you're buying mm-hmm. time to um make a difference uh, and plug any gaps if you know if money's leaking from somewhere um like you've mentioned subscriptions I, i'm not saying cut all costs out i mean a lot of co- a lot of accountants say strip all your costs out but mm-hmm. you, know, you still need to spend money to run a successful business but like maybe look at the level of cover that you've got uh, maybe you, yeah. you've got the highest subscription of day zero but you don't need the highest subscription like just have it having more interest um by looking at it you just start to question things just be a bit more curious about things um you know there's certain things that you can do um when you're looking at your numbers don't just look at the pnl uh, look at your cash flow as well so we've been talking about cash flow today there's little things there's little things that's not going to take you a lot of time mm-hmm. to turn on to really improve your cash position like for example um i was looking at someone's uh, system the other day and they, they hadn't really turned on the ability for clients to pay on their phone like you know mm-hmm. attach some payment platforms so that people can pay, pay straight away or um sending out auto reminders that they're just little things like 
the systems are there make sure you're using what they've got but mm. um on a, on a slightly different like if it's not system generating when you're talking about cash um like talk to talk to your suppliers talk to your clients like find out what's going on with them but when you're doing this on a month by month basis you've got more time to 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 have those conversations so you know if you if you're finding there's a bit of a squeeze with your cash when it comes to paying certain suppliers pick up the phone and start talking to them say look i've got seven day terms with you how about changing it to 30 days and and seeing if you can negotiate some better cash flow deals that benefit your business they're still going to paid but it's going to really help you make mm. sure you've paid your staff um mm-hmm. again what i mentioned before about raw materials and, and the cost of producing what you're doing mm. um pick up the phone and say oh you know i've noticed but that um my component x has doubled in price in the last six months what's going on is there any yeah. way i can negotiate some sort of deal with you um but yeah so having those conversations allows you to breathe a bit and, and start mm. making some changes um, mm. so make sure that you're getting paid on time and, and you're paying your staff on time and yep. you're creating a, a relationship with your stakeholders mm-hmm. so really look let's think about how we summarize today's conversation what would you consider the top three things that people should be doing to actually strategically manage their accounting in their business um i would say look at your numbers like be proactive about your numbers don't do it every six months or so once a month once a quarter have a look at your numbers see what's going on in your business so that you've got the time and the capacity to make some changes um Mm -hmm. when you're doing those numbers you can you can budget like you don't have to wait till end of financial year to do a budget you can do a budget anytime you want um Mm -hmm. but like just have a bit more of a future focus even if you can plan six months ahead that's better yeah. than nothing. So I would say, look at your numbers, try planning ahead of time uh, as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And I would say also say, don't forget your cash. Mm-hmm. Don't forget your cash. There's so many so many changes happening. Um, make sure you know what's going on in your bank balance, the difference between um, what your P&L says and what your cash flow statement says is very different because it's based on time. So when you're, when you, I would honestly schedule an hour a month, one hour a month, just to go over this whole process. Yeah, yeah. So making sure it's part of your monthly routine um, and don't be scared of the numbers. And if you don't understand, just reach out and get some help. Absolutely. There'll be heaps of people that will give you some guidance if you're not quite Mm. sure. And no one is expecting you to know everything. Like finance is just one part of your business. You're obviously an expert in what you do. No one expects you to know it. So there's no silly questions. Just ask, ask for help. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Jitixa, I'm very appreciative of your time today. It's a very interesting topic for some and for other people, it's just numbers and it goes over their head. But the truth of the matter is the numbers don't lie in business. And if people aren't using them to strategize what they're doing, um, they could be leaving lots of money on the table or even worse, they could be trading in a very precarious scenario, and especially as the economy sort of contracts on us. So um, I think what you've advised today is really helpful. Um, if people would like to reach out to you, I guess your name is highly peculiar. So if they Google that, I'm pretty sure there's not more than one Jatixa Ran Reniga in Australia. <laughs> there might be, but I don't know of anyone else. 
um, so look, I'll try and put some links also into the chat after we finish our call today, but I really appreciate your input. Um, it's been really valuable and I hope some people got some good insight out of it. So thank you. Fantastic. Thank you very much.